Wākea i noho ya haumea, ya papa, ya hoho kukalani, hana o hāloa, o hāloa no. Wahi a ia lalani mai loko mai o kekahi mele koihonua kaulana, he kaikua ana no o hāloa no kānaka. Mahalo ka huiho ana mai me mako ma ka leo o ka uluau. O ke kālo no kākāko kumuhana kama ilio ke iala. Aloha to everyone listening to our latest episode of Kaleo Kauluau as we continue to explore traditional, sustainable practices on Hawaii Island today. Leija shared a line from the Kumulipo, a Hawaiian creation chant that serves to place Hawaiian people in a genealogical line with Haloa. From firstborn Haloa came the taro plant, and taro, or kalo, his significance and cultivation is the focus of our podcast episode today. I'm Drew Cap, And I'm Lady Melo. Velina Mai. Welcome to Kaleo Kauluau. Aloha, Drew. Aloha, Le. Pehe oi. Mai kai pehe oi. Mai kai mahalo. I hope you're excited about today's episode. I sure am. Would you do the honors of introducing our mea kipa, our guest? Ai, hiki no. Kaiana Runnels is a mahi ai from Moku Keave in the Moku of Hilo Akau and the Ahupua'a of Kihalani. His passion is to collect, identify, document, cultivate, preserve, and spread the mea kanu of his kupuna. His specific focus is on kalo, ava, maia, and ko. His ike stems from a variety of kupuna and hoa. He first and foremost recognizes all those kupuna who gave freely of their time and priceless na'oao. Along with his kuleana to these mea kanu Hawaii, he works full-time as the mahi aina supervisor for the Kohala Center. He helps to educate ohana about food cultivation and the importance of aipono in our everyday lives. Mai ka'i. Let's go over to ka'iana now. Aloha Ka'iana. It's really nice to see you again. Mahalo nui for being here with us today. Um, we are honored that you are willing to share your knowledge and your experience with kalo and cultivation of mea kanu with all of us. Mahalo for being here. Oh yeah, mahalo for having me. Hi, aloha. It's great to see you again. It's been, it feels like a very long time. Um, we've invited you to come and share your mana'o regarding the cultural, spiritual, and genealogical significance of kalo, as well as other important mea kanu. Mahalo. Awao ka'iana ranos, anohoao ikahupua'o kihalani, malau pahoihoi. Uh, uh, kane of four uh, kamali'i. My hiapo is kelea vai. Uh, my, my second daughter is maluhia. And uh, my son is kapevo keao. And my, my muli is uh, kaiana opio after me. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Sarah Koa. And we mahi on aina in lau pohoihoi. And over in uh, namoku, what they call, in ahupua'a that they call honoka'a. So, yeah, mahalo for having me. Hi. So when I was invited to come here, the, the first thought that came to my mind was that I wanted to share a few things about what um, my kumu anakala Jerry would call the universe of a mahi'ai and how a mahi'ai is a master of, of many different realms. They're a master of kilo. They're a master of, of soil science. They're a master of weather prediction. They're a master of, of just this astute observation and how all things are interconnected and how the, the, 
the animals interact with with meakanu, how the elements interact with our plants. Um, so, what I wanted to do is dip a little bit into to, just to begin. We always like to start with the with, with the mo'oku auhau of of our kupuna, and the mo'oku auhau of Haloa is is very interesting, and and in some regards, there are there are many versions of the mo'oku auhau of of Haloa, of Papa, of Wakia, of our, our first parents. And so um, it's important to know that that regardless of the way that it's structured in the genealogy, we found at least seven genealogies that reference um, different versions yeah, of, of, of how we come from Haloa. And so regardless of how it's structured, right, there's, there's some with, with Papa and Wakia having Ho'ohoku Kalani, that's kind of the most common one. Um, there are some with um, an older sibling called uh, named Palili, which also has reference to Kalo. It's kind of that smaller Kalo shoot um, on the plant as being an older sibling to Haloa. Uh, we have Ho'ohoku Kalani or Ho'ohoku Lani or Ka Ho'ohoku Lani um, as a sibling to Haloa. Um, but regardless of what the 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 Mo'oku Ohau that you're, you're Ohana um, tells is the most important thing to know is that that we descend from Akua, right? From these gods, um, from Papa and from Wakia. And so with regards to Haloa, it's an interesting, interesting story. He um in, in every in every how happens um, to be the one who kanus Haloa on the eastern side of the Halepea. And you know, Ho'ohokukulani, I, I like the, the the concept of her being a mother because the the ue, right? That that grief, that grief that comes from her is is an important part of, of this genesis for us as Kanaka. And so as she ue, she ue the, the word that, that is used most often in, in the stories that I read is a very specific term and it's called halo iloi. And halo iloi is to cry at so Profusely that that it creates these 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 lo'i, right? These ponds of, of water. And from that ha lo'i lo'i sprouts the first kalo plant. And what's intriguing to me is that when we when we talk about the universe of a mahi'ai, we all come from the original and greatest mahi'ai, Ho'ohoku Kalani. She grew the first kalo. She is the first mahi'ai. And the fact that we all descend from, from that kind of a bloodline, it shows that mahi'ai is in our koko, right? We are all mahi'ai. You know, some of us have different occupations in, in, in this current time and realm that we're in, but we are all mahi'ai by koko. And so that's where I wanted to start, is that if you ever think you can't do it, if you ever think that, that you're not someone who grows food, look back to who you come from. And know that from the very beginning and everyone that followed, you come from some of the most amazing mahi'ai. Wow. Oh, mahalo for that because I'm one of those people that don't think I can, <laughs> you know, help the aina produce food or any kind of plants. But mahalo. Yeah. It's a good way to remember um, who we are as kanaka. And that's a whole new perspective that I haven't even thought of. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, it's an inspiring story, right? The story in and of itself is interesting, 
And sometimes we get caught up in the details and the different versions of the mo'uko hau, but but the the reality is is just remember the the themes that you pull from that story. And so yeah, that's critical to me. And along with that, there's also that um, generational kuleana. Yeah, they, yeah, we hear in the in in these mo'olelo that we have uh, an obligation to care for our family, and if kalo is our family, and we have that reciprocal relationship with this meakanu, then we need to be the ones to take care, so that it can in turn take care of us. Yeah. Only an offspring of a god could provide the life source for our people. And so um, it had to have been a, a, a heavenly event, a, a, a not earthly event that brought, apart, that brought about this, 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 this um, plant named Kalo. And the other thing that I love about, about Kalo is the name, one of the names we inherited uh, of who that first Kalo was. And when you hear me talking today, you're, you're going to hear me referencing our, our kalo, our varieties, especially our kupuna kalo as who, yeah? Who are they? Um, and because they are, to me, they are a living entity. And when they have a name, they take on more of a, a, a human-like presence in my mind. And so we'll talk about how, how Haloa fits into Ohana and how he is the great symbol for Ohana. But... Um, Going back to, to the name of Halua that we've all inherited as Halua Nakalau Kapalili. So that name is a vivid image of what you will see when you walk to Amala, right? When you walk up to Aloikalo and that slight makani comes through, that ulwau, um, it it's it's what you will see. It's a visual of what you will see. And so you'll see the the halo, the long stem, especially on some of our ohana, like our lauloa families, our manini ohana, um, even our, our ula ula, el ele ohana that, that can get pretty tall. Um, a lot of our ohana kalo have long ha. And so you see the haloa, yeah, you'll see the nakalau when the when the wind, that makani comes through the lo'i, you'll see all the ha start to crash together and touch each other. And that will cause the leaves to kapalili, yeah, to, to quiver, to shake. And it's a beautiful sight. That name, every time someone says that name, it, it brings back this imagery of my head of all the kalo in my mala waving at me when I arrive at the mala. And so um, I just wanted to kind of reference, reference that name real quick so that we understand that it, it gives us an imagery of, of what, of what it looks like, yeah, it's a picture in a name, mm-hmm. yeah. And just going back to um, the term that you use for mahi'ai, could you explain a little bit about what that is? Yeah, so to mahi is to cultivate. Uh, there's there's actually many definitions from mahi. Um, mahi has a strong connotation to greatness, to grandness, right? The the one of the the biggest and most cherished armies of Kamehameha was the mahi army. Um, at one point was led by Kayana, my kupuna. And so mahi has this, this connotation to, to cultivation, to giving your all um, to greatness. And so, um, yeah, to mahi ai, you can be a mahi of many things, right? You can be a mahi ko, you can be a mahi ava, you can be a mahi um, kalo, um, which is what mahi ai most specifically is. So you can mahi a lot of things. Um, some people today mahi holoholona on this mokupuni. 
Um, so a mahi is a cultivator, someone who, who works in balance with aina, with kai and all the elements around us to, to grow anything. Yeah. Mahalo. So to, to clarify the, the, the second word to mahi ai, ai is traditionally when someone said ai, that meant kalo. That meant poi, it meant aipa'a, it meant um, kalo in some form that you that was edible. And so when we talk of mahi ai, naturally we think of someone who cultivates kalo. But that that is definitely taking on a, a wider, a broader sense in today's uh, world. And mahi ai just kind of has evolved into, into simply meaning a farmer. Um, but I don't like to equate those two words because I... I don't appreciate the way most people in, in today's society farm. And so I like the term cultivate mm. because it shows reciprocity. Mm-hmm. It shows you give, the aina gives. You give, the aina gives. And whereas a farmer, um, especially in, in this commercial world that we live in, is, is more of a one-sided relationship, right? It's a take, 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 take. Oh, my lepo's, you know. Depleted, like yeah, the nutrients are gone. On. Next aina, chop down forest. Take, 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 take move on and so I, I like the idea of a cultivator yeah. could you share some ways in which um, Kalo has been cultivated in a, in a sustainable way in these landscapes of this island yeah so the way that Kalo was cultivated uh, traditionally and actually the way it's cultivated today in, in many parts of Hawaii is um, as diverse as our people in Hawaii are today there was no one way to do it but there are obvious Pono ways and and not so good ways to cultivate it, right? So if you always keep in mind that halua is is our kupuna, then things like synthetic fertilizers, um, poison, those aren't even options for you, right? As as a mahi'ai, those don't even exist in in, in your thought process because it's kupuna, so we feed. Um, Another way to think about it is we're not even feeding halua per se. We feed aina. So when you feed your aina, no matter what you, t- you choose to cultivate there, no matter what you choose to mahi there, it will grow well. It'll, it'll be a place of, of uluvehi, of abundance. And so um, kalo was cultivated in, in many different systems. We have more than seven methods of, of wetland lo'i cultivation that we know of. And we have um, just as many, if not more, methods for dryland cultivation. Um, and when we talk about dryland cultivation, we're talking about um, everywhere from from places with deep lepo like Hamakua um, to kind of that rocky terrain um, with the Aa Pohaku and Kona to uh, you know dry arid places like Kau to wet high elevation Puna um, even down in through lower Puna where it's Pahoihoi more more just more just growing on the lava flats. Um, over through Kalapana, where our kupuna used to grow it right, right on the, the lava, uh, right on the pele, um, and using what you have around you. So when you analyze your, your, your ecosystem around you, what do you have in abundance? And whatever that is, that's what you grow haloa with. Yeah, If it's hamakua, pakukui. You're planting haloa, you, you, you dig a lua, you throw all of your kukui in there, your, all of your branches, you come back a few months later, you pull the branch out. If the branch comes out, it has one or two leaves still attached, bury it back again, let it sit a little longer. When you pull out that branch and all the low is gone, kanu your kalo. 
and it will be the biggest kalo you ever grew. But not just about size, right? It will be onno. It will be quality. And that's the mistake that a lot of commercial farmers make today is that they're going for size. So they'll feed it the triple 16s, right? They'll feed it those um, chemical fertilizers. And um, and it's, it honestly tastes terrible. It, it tastes crunchy. Um, there's lots of guava seed in it. These little little bumps we find in our in our eo, in the corn. Um, it is loli loli, sugary, right? No starch, just sugars. Makes terrible poi. It doesn't ferment right. And so all of these things, um, when you think about this ai as being medicine, we need to be conscious of what we're putting in our bodies. The quality of kalo as it is grown is is critical for our health as kanaka. Um, moving around the island, we have. Um, you know, Uncle Jerry used to tell the story of, of Uncle Clarence Madaris, and his son still grows in this method in Kona too, uh, where he would just find certain pohaku, throw the huli on the ground, kick the pohaku over the huli, and get softball-sized kalo, yeah? Because when the rain came, those rare morning mists came, it would hit the pohaku, drop down, feed the huli, yeah? Loa ai. Maybe not nui, but loa, and quality, Right? Um, we're looking at Ka'u, where our kupuna created, and, and we'll move more into the Inoa Kalo, some of the names later, but our kupuna created Kalo varieties that were drought tolerant, that could stay in the ground for, for you know, a year and a half. No problem. No palahu, no rot. Um, Kalo Paua from Ka'u is one of the famous ones, right, where it could last in the drought and, and hua and grow and i'o. Um, in Kalapanna, we have Pahala. They had hala trees. Yeah, the puhala was everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, oki, right? You fara, you cut the the branches off. You hoa, you light the the low on fire, makes ash. Kanu yahuli in the ash, right on the pahoihoi. Cut more low, right on top. Mulch set, right? Baseball size kalo lo akame ai. You know, you can only eat one spoonful at a time, right? <laughs> only one miki, one yeah, two <laughs> fingers at a time. So, you know, that was good. Yeah. Um, moving up to Hamakua o Kupe, right? Where you use the o'o bar and you come in at an angle. And as you're following, your right hand has the o'o, left hand has the huli. Okay, four huli in one hand. O'o bar, shift up, throw the huli in. O'o bar, yeah? As you're walking, it's it's the first uh, industrial kaina. It's just <laughs> one after another. You can you can get real smooth with that. Um, there's, there's many, many um, ways to grow it. Hilo, choke rain. A um, little bit soil, yeah? Kipi-kipi was the method, right? You Long mounds. And you had mm -hmm. uwala in the mound. Sometimes you had coal in the mound. Um, whatever you had around the area is what you put in. That was your la'au um, for our, our kupuna halo. And that just really speaks to the relationship that our kupuna had with their aina, being able to kilo, to observe over time and see what works and what doesn't work. And then having the knowledge to create those varieties that would thrive in those conditions. It's just amazing. It is. And that that concept blows my mind every day. When I think about some of the inoa that are left behind uh, for us to to know who these kalo are, it's it's it takes my breath away. Because you know we talk about the naming process and how important a kuleana that is. And for our kupuna, they laced in the most amazing kauna into every name. So we'll take names like um, Ele Ele Ma Koko, who has a alternate name, Nohu, right? On, on every island, 
even sometimes in different ahupua'a, they had different names for that kalo. Um, Ula'ula Moano had a different name on Maui. Um, they called it Ahu'ula. Uh, you go to Kauai, they named it after the Ie'ie vine. Ula'ula Moano and Kauai, Ie'ie. Um, you travel around the Pai'aina and you learn these different inoa for the same variety. And that's because um, it symbolizes different things to them. Um, that makoko we talked about right before the ula'ula moano um, comes because the, the koko in that is if you if you snap the velau, the tip of the leaf, or you oki the lau, and you see the koko in there that, that is expressed, it is perfectly identical, identical to kanaka, the koko in us. Oh. Yeah. So some, some varieties will have clear koko, some you know light pink, some red, and then some like the ele ele makoko or lehua families. Uh, lehua keo keo, lehua ele ele, lehua palai'i, piko lehua pi'i. Um, they all have that dark lehua like koko, ele ele naiwea. Um, and even our piko ula ula, some of those those have real dark koko. Um, but talking about the kauna in names, so we have a theory that, that you know, right before Uncle Jerry Hala, we were working at one of the local uh, to, to test this theory that all of the kalo with. Um, Fish names, Inoa with fish, Avel, Vel, Moano, um, that we were going to to trial them, Mana Opelu, Manini Opelu, to see if they had salt tolerance in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know, right, our kupuna were pretty blatant with some of them, like Kalopa'akai. We knew that is our, our main salt tolerant Kalo. We sent them to Samhoa in, in Micronesia, where their islands, their atolls are sinking, and it is thriving there. Um, we have Kalo. With kauna that will just absolutely blow your mind, like um, wahiapele. Wahiapele is is a smoky gray looking kalo. Uh, wahi smoke ah uh, is that possessive of pele or tutupele, also lava. Um, and so wahiapele, when you look at it from afar, it looks unique. You know, sadly they've created hybrids to mimic what it looks like, and you know you got to make sure that that we're um, identifying our color correctly because um, <clears throat> UH has produced literally hundreds of hybrids that make it nightmares for people who love to know who our color are. Um, I call them franken and um, But we're working with them and they're really flexible and, and really trying to change. And that's my kailoa. So um, anyway, we got off topic, but wahia um, pele. So the smoky gray leaf, you can see the wahi on the leaf, but the real kauna comes when the sun is rising or kala is setting. And when that sun shines through the back of the lau and you see kialo kalau, the face of that of that leaf, it looks exactly like when you're up at the, the luapele, yeah, at halema'uma'u, and that wahi covers the sky. And if you look through the leaf and you're looking through the sun behind that wahi, like, like, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it also makes a smoky gray color poi. It also, I have noticed, has a, a hint of smoky flavor, even when not cooked in the emu. Okay, and so we thought, wow, what a cool, you know, our kupuna. They laced all these layers, and I thought, okay, that's the extent of the kauna. There's like, you know, five things I laid out right there. Um, now, we had given um, some huli to a, a hoa in what they refer to as um, Lelani Estates, right before um, the pele came down. And we went to to help evacuate some of our hoa down there and, and, and they wanted to move and that's my kai, so we helped move their stuff out. 
and it looked like someone had just gone and, and sprayed, you know, Roundup and poison. Right? You saw what the SO2 yeah. did to the landscape there. The 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 hapu'u were dead, um, or at least dormant. They lost all their leaves. All of the trees. I mean, it was just brown. Mm-hmm. And we walk into my friend's backyard. Everything is just dead, except for one plant standing in its beauty above a barren landscape. Wahiapele, wow. our only SO2 tolerant color. So when our kupuna named things and created these varieties, it was done with multiple generations in mind, right? If it took them seven generations to know that this color grew best in this location, that's what it took. A little bit different from the science we see today, right? That are restrained by time and money. Um, so that's one issue I have with, with color hybridization is that, you know, some of these gems that were left behind are being ignored because some of the, the franken color that are being produced today um, grow within six months and five times as big as some of our kupuna kalo. Um, Quality is terrible. Poi ferment's terrible. There's no kauna in the name. They have numbers as names. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is 171-5993? Who's that? That's nobody to me. Yeah. I love how our kalo, our kupuna placed our kalo in ohana. We have ohana like the lauloa ohana, the manini ohana, the ulaula ohana, the eleele ohana, the lehua ohana, the pico ohana, and so forth, right? And all of these ohana were created um, for for color that not only had similar morphological traits, but but um, there were there were multiple reasons why they were placed in ohana. And what's interesting is when um, some of the UH scientists and our good friends, I'm not going to say their names, but they did a genetic sequencing, a DNA sequencing of our kalo. And, you know, we told them no need. We, we know who our kalo come from. And their, their results came out and, and we see the fan chart, right? And, and they're placed in the exact families that our kupuna placed them in. I remember that. Yeah. And so to me, you know, there's, there's so much... There's so much ono in a single name. It will tell you who that kalo is, where it likes to grow, what it likes to eat, what what that kalo um, prefers, what it doesn't prefer, who he wants to be next to, who he doesn't want to be next to, and and everything about it. You know, people ask, well, how long does it take to grow kalo? Well, that depends who you're growing <laughs> and where you're growing. Um, and so, yeah, that, that kilo component of a mahi ai, you got to know everything about it, right? But starting small, makahana kaike, right? Take that one oha, it, buy, buy, you know, even if you're buying a kalo from the store or getting a, a, a eo from a friend, um, you pluck that maka off, stick it in a napkin, right? It's going to grow. Um, and learn who they are and what they like. And so, yeah. Sorry, I went on a little rant there. No, my kai. Yeah. I actually remember that chart because just so happened one day, um, we ended up in a talk. That's right. I yeah. remember. Yeah. I remember we were in that, that presentation together. Yeah. And it was just, it was actually a, for me. And anyway, it was a serendipitous moment where things aligned. I don't think anything happens truly by accident, you know, yeah. but that was a memorable day, memorable day for me. And now that you talk about that, I still see that, that paper with that fan chart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, we could have saved them a lot of money. <laughs> well, they're just verifying. Totally. They're just verifying totally. our kupuna's ike. And, and that's something I appreciate about Western science is that there's a role for it. And that is to verify ike kupuna if they feel like they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I don't appreciate necessarily when people value that higher than our right. ancestral knowledge, right? Because our ancestral knowledge is is proven with they, time. They knew that without the test. Yeah. <laughs> they knew that without the the tools that could measure, you know, areas that we couldn't see, like the deep ocean and stuff. Like they they already yeah. knew these things, and and I am humbled every time I learn something new, yeah. and and I appreciate that um, our kupuna were just so akamai. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one more thing I wanted to say about about Haloa in the sense of Ohana. So Ohana, the, the root term of Ohana in and of itself, right, has referenced that imagery of the Kalo. Mm-hmm. So if you want to makavalu it and break it apart, it's Oha or Oha Na, right? That that redu- that reduplication of Oha around each other create this Ohana uh, with the Makua in the middle. And so um, there are terms that that relate to this ohana, like ohaha, right? It's a it's a state of vigorous growth that has multiple oha uh, growing healthily amongst um, the makua. And when you watch haloa interact with each other, it is a good model of how we as kanaka should interact with each other. Um, if you ever w- want to know how to how to act in Hawaii, look to haloa, and he will teach you the way they share, the way the parents shade the keiki from the hot sun until those keiki are ready to grow up. And then when they need sun, the makua shrinks down and allows those keiki to have the sun and puts away this energy stored in the ground for them, right? It stores all of its energy in, in the i'o. The way they interact with each other where, you know, kalo are planted with the other family members and how I remember sitting in the mala and watching it rain, a light rain and, and watching the, the kalo leaf catch the ua and bend over and feed it to the neighbor next to him. And how they're not selfish. They take care of each other in this family unit. Um, there's so much we can learn from that plant and from that kupuna. Yeah. Those are all beautiful images. Mm-hmm. Mahalo Nui for sharing that. Yeah. So Kaiyana, what would what is your vision for the future and and how can people be involved in efforts to, you know, be kalo cultivators too as part of their lives? Yeah, mahalo for that question. So uh, where I see Kalo in the future is is literally Kalo in everyone's backyard. If you live in, in a in a 10-story building on your balcony, in a, in a pakini, in a bucket. If you live on Pohaku, we learn, can. If you live in a desert, we learned, can. You live high elevation, we have varieties for that. Yeah, Our kupuna cultivated varieties specific to those locations, so can. Um, I see it in everyone's backyard. I see it as our, our first and truest Hawaiian flag. It should be in everyone's, that should be the pe'a we see everywhere we go. That should be our high, um, our pico ohana. Uh, their, their, their other name instead of pico is high high, right? And so that should be our high. Um, and I see it as the most important solution to food security and food sovereignty in Hawaii. We need to grow what grows best here. We need to eat what our bodies can digest best. We need to you know, when hurricanes come, Kalo's still there, yeah? Tsunamis come, Kalo's still there, yeah? Foreigners came, Kalo's still here. All of these different, oh, you don't want to say plagues. No, my <laughs> all of these different, um, <laughs> All of these different things that we've had to endure, our Kalo has remained, our, our Kupuna has remained. And so um, it is the most important food for our future, I think. Ay, kako'o. So for someone like me who's just learning, how what would you suggest... I know you um, 
it'll be different for other people because it's based on where you live and very specific. But how could somebody who's interested, what, what, um, where would we go to find this, this information? Where could we start at least a place to start where we can go and dive in and learn for ourselves how we can better provide for our ohana? Yeah, mahalo. That's, that's a great question. Every Mokupuni, every island in our Paiaina has tons and tons of mahi'ai, and they all welcome your hands. And usually when you come to at least my farm, and I know every, every farm I've ever been to, um, every mala, when you huli kalima ilalo, you end up leaving with so much more than, than you, you thought. And that includes huli most often. And so go, go support and help someone in a, in a harvest. But um, I would say get to know your, your local mahi'ai in your ahupua'a or in your moku, in your district, and start there. If you can't find it there, come see me. Um, we at the Kohala Center, Malama, a large collection of 183 varieties of kalo, all named, all have stories. Wow. If you want to, to, to come and, and learn and malama, we welcome that. You can take as many of our kupuna as you want. So um, get a hold of me. Um, my email is k-r-u-n-n-e-l-s at kohalacenter.org. Um, send me an email and, and we'll, get you, we'll get you set. So, um, but we do recommend you finding a source on your own island, but we can also help with that. So yeah, I would find your mahi'ai and mahala mahalo. Mahalo for that. Hi, mahalo nui. Mahalo nui to Ka'iana Runnels for sharing his knowledge with us today, so extensive and so deep. From the genealogy of Haloa to different methods of cultivation in different moku and the kauna embedded within the names of different varieties of kalo. Yes, there were some very powerful images that Ka'iana evoked in regards to kalo, family, and how we as kanaka interact with the aina and our food sources. He also shared how important it is to not only think about production and yields, but more importantly, the process by which cultivation occurs. There's definitely much to consider regarding kalo cultivation and how we navigate today's environment for growing food in the future. Mm-hmm. And we encourage all of our listeners to grow kalo. And in the meantime, mahalo to our listeners for joining us today on Kaleo Kauluau. If there were any Hawaiian language terms that Ka'iana shared that you might not be familiar with, we encourage you to check out our He Kokua posts on social media, use vehevehe.org, the online dictionary, or even get in touch with us. Yes, you can comment on our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash uluwau, where you will find our awesome story maps, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Kaleo Kauluwau is also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Until next time. Ahui ho. Aloha. <laughs>